0: Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. This week, we'll update you on the Pope's address to the Roman Curia. I'm Colleen Deli, this is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from Chicago, Jerry.
1: Good uh, morning from Buenos Aires, sunny Buenos Aires, uh, Colleen.
0: You and I are both on our Christmas holidays right now, um, but we wanted to record one episode of Inside the Vatican uh, to tell our listeners about the Pope's address to the Roman Curia. So let's get right into it. On Saturday, December 21st, the Pope gave his annual speech to the Roman Curia, which in past years has been the time that the Pope speaks very clearly about where he thinks the Curia needs improvement. I remember after uh, his Christmas address to the Curia in 2014, the headlines said, the Pope gives a lump of coal to the Curia for Christmas. So this speech is something that we in the press keep our eyes on because it tells us what the Pope wants to change in the culture of the Curia, which is a big part of his ongoing reform. Uh, So, Jerry, first things first, who comes to this gathering with the Pope? Who's he speaking to?
1: Well, it's an interesting question, because theoretically, those who are invited are the senior officials of the Roman Curia. That's the mid-level managers, uh, the secretaries, and prefects of the Vatican congregations, the Vatican offices. Uh, But also, uh, usually in these occasions, some retired cardinals who have served in the Roman Curia are also present. And this was also the case this time. I I noticed several of them, but I also noticed uh, some vacant seats.
0: Yeah, who who was missing?
1: Well, I didn't see, for example, I didn't see Cardinal Burke. I didn't see Cardinal Sara. I didn't see Cardinal Rinze. I think he's back in uh, Nigeria for the Christmas. Uh, The other two, I don't know where they are. Uh, And there were others whom I didn't quite identify.
0: I want to talk about what the Pope told this group, which is, you know, this year he focused on the need to fight rigidity and be open to change. Um, He quoted St. John Henry Newman, who he canonized this year, who famously wrote about the way that doctrine develops and how change is something that's natural both in human life and for the Church. And the Pope also warned against the rigidity that comes from fearing change. Cherry, I'm wondering Why do you think that the Pope decided to focus on these themes of change and rigidity right now? Do you see him as speaking to a particular set of people at this?
1: Well, the main theme, uh, in past years, the Pope has sent some strong critiques to various aspects of style of the Roman Curia. This year, really, as I wrote in my article, he he was more reassuring, more uh, affirming, and uh, The only negative thing he pointed was rigidity, because he said, we've got Mm -hmm. the church has got to be missionary. And this is a front statement that he continues making that, you know, the church is there to evangelize, to go out and proclaim the gospel to people. And so to do so, it's got to change it can't continue as it's been doing for 400 years, 300 years, 200 years. We've got to move with the the times and to see the language that you use, the style you use, the approach you use. So he he wants all this to be a missionary drive. And so change is of the essence of the missionary church. This is what's, what's his central message. And he said, What is opposed to change? And you mentioned rigidity. Francis has kept coming back to this problem of rigidity for many months now, perhaps more than a year. Mm -hmm. And I'm told that when he met the American bishops, uh, practically with every group, he raised this question of rigidity. Because in the Vatican, and the Pope is very well aware, uh, the message that keeps coming back from the different dioceses, the different countries is that there is some considerable rigidity among bishops, but also among younger clergy, not among the older clergy so much, but among the younger clergy. that the, they, they don't want change. Mm-hmm. And Francis is saying rigidity is really an obstacle to a mission the missionary church.
0: Right. He had this emphasis on humanity in this speech. He says humanity is the key for interpreting the reform. Um, Yeah, I thought that was interesting, you know, this idea that you need to look at people's reality, which is something that Francis has been saying for a long time. He said this in his document on Amoris Laetitia, on the joy of love.
1: Well, it's an obvious theme at Christmas because of the incarnation that God became man. And so, if, if God so felt strongly to become man. He really was raising humanity in a big way. And so we have to look at the church has to uh, respond to people where they are, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not where you'd like them to be, not where you think they should be, but the reality. And that's been a central message of of the Pope's ministry since he was elected in 2013. He, He said, we've got to meet people where they are, we don't start with an ideal world and a deductive system. People should be like that, therefore they should be doing this, this, and this. He said, "No, no. Let's meet people where they are. That, that's how the incarnation happened. That God met people. Right. And then the other point, the other point is that God is at work in human history. He's not outside it. He's at work, and he's at work in the lives of people. And uh, the church's task is to uh, discover, to find, to meet God where he is. uh, The Pope says, we go foreign missionaries, goes to different countries, but uh, God is already at work there. And this is a very, it's a very important uh, shift of perspective. And uh, it was very much the perspective of the Second Vatican Council, but as I said, it's rooted in the incarnation and God becoming man. And Francis feels that uh, there's a sector. Of the clergy, uh, perhaps also some lay people, some s- scholars who find this difficult. Right, right. Uh, and so he, his focus on rigidity, he said the rigidity creates obstacles to evangelization, to the common good, and it creates also an atmosphere of misunderstanding and uh, even uh, kind of fosters hate. You know, one sees this now very clearly in some of the comments on uh, the blog spheres.
0: Right. And the Pope actually talked about social media in this speech um, in just like one small paragraph. Uh, Do you want to talk about that, what he said?
1: Well, he talked about four different Vatican departments. One of them was the social communications. And he says, you've got to have the language that is speaking to people today, You've got to uh, communicate in the forms that people. And he says, for this reason, the whole of the Vatican's nine units of that are involved in communication have been incorporated into one, and it requires new way of thinking, new way of presenting, a, a new synergy, not operating individually. And he said, this is fundamental for the communication of, of the gospel message.
0: Right. He sees the blogosphere or at least social media or digital media as as kind of a mission territory, which is very much in line with what Vatican II also said about those. I want to talk to you about this last reference that the Pope made, which was uh, to Cardinal Martini. He said, Cardinal Martini in his last interview a few days before his death said something that should make us think. He said, The church is two hundred years behind the times. Why is she not shaken up? Are we afraid? Fear instead of courage? Yet faith is the church's foundation. Faith confidence, courage, only love conquers weakness. I-, I wanted to ask you about this because Cardinal Martini had kind of a reputation as a reformer and he was also a-, a candidate. He was considered a top candidate for Pope in 2005 when Pope Benedict was elected. So I guess I'm wondering, is there a deeper significance of Francis' referencing Martini here?
1: Well, Cardinal Martini was revered around the world in many countries. He was a biblical scholar, first of all. He headed the Biblical Institute in Rome. He headed the Gregorian University. He, he was He's known to so many bishops and priests around the world. His books have been translated into so many languages, and he was the one who... Uh, pushed very much the Lexio Divina, the, the reading of the gospel and life and the praying in everyday life. And uh, John Paul II chose him to be the Archbishop of Milan. And for a long time, he was seen as, a, as you said, as a possible candidate to be Pope. But then he, like John Paul II, at the end of John Paul II's period as Pope, uh, Martini also got the same illness as John Paul II Parkinson's. So when the 2005 conclave came, he, he was obviously couldn't be elected Pope, but they still gave him nine or 10 votes, I think, in the first ballot as a recognition. But Martini died on the 31st of August 2012. That's uh, seven, eight, nine months before Francis was elected. And he just before he died, he gave a famous interview to a Jesuit who published it on the 1st of September. And in that interview, Martini said, you know, uh, what's wrong? The church is 200 years behind the times. In other words, that it's locked in in the past when it should be moving in the present. And uh, it was a very strong interview and uh, it had a lot of impact. This I, I remember very well when it came out. I, I interviewed Martini. I knew Martini, and uh, I saw that he was saying something. Many people nodding their heads. They're saying yes. He is right. Now Francis has come in. He, he quoted Martini at the end of his greeting to the Roman Curia on uh, last Saturday, on 21st of December, to as it were support his push for change.
0: Jerry, before we go, I want to spend some time putting this address in the context of Francis's previous Christmas addresses to the Curia. You mentioned that this one was a little bit more reassuring in tone. Um, but, you know, at the beginning, those were re- really his chance to call out what he called in 2014 the different diseases of the curia. He talked about superiority complexes, and poor coordination, rivalry, gossip, backbiting, careerism, desire for power, all of these things. And and he structured this as kind of an examination of conscience, right? He wanted to show the curia their sins and then in the subsequent years he's built on that by walking them through the additional steps in his reform process, this ongoing kind of conversion. Last year, he talked about the sexual abuse crisis. Before that, he talked about the reform of the structures of the Vatican bureaucracy, all these things that are aimed at his, you know, larger reform process. And and this year's uh, address about change versus rigidity is, I think, definitely part of that as well. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk to me about, you know, as you see this arc developing over the years, what do you think that Francis's long-term goal is with these with these speeches?
1: Well, to understand the long-term goal, I, I think you have to read his first programmatic document which came out in November 2013.
0: That's the joy of the gospel.
1: Yes, that explains everything because he says there, we have to reform, we have to go through a process of conversion. And he said that also the papacy has to go through a process of conversion. He's made very clear there and many times since that reform of structures is by itself will not work unless you reform the culture and the mentality. And all those things you were talking about, he he wasn't just referring to the curia, though it was a talk to the curia. it was a message also for the wider church, for the bishops, the, 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 the priests, etc. Mm-hmm. He's seeking to bring about a cultural revolution, a spiritual revolution within the Roman Curia, within the structures of the church, of which the Roman Curia is a central part. And uh, I think that's the key message. He believes strongly we must change people's hearts and minds if we wish to have a missionary church. We can change all the structures. We can put in new offices, wipe out old ones. But you do not help the preaching of the gospel if you don't change the mentality. And preaching of the gospel involves the social justice, the work for peace, the work for uh, the migrants. All this is essential part of the gospel. Uh, the protection of human life in its different stages and in, in its different expressions. And I think uh, we have to see that, that Francis's seven years of preaching to the Roman Curia has had one central aim, to change the hearts and minds of those who work within the structures. You change the structures to facilitate their work, to enable them to work better. But without the change of the hearts and minds uh, the reform will fail
0: i found what you said about this address being not just for the curia but for the wider church really interesting i think you know over the holidays it's probably a really good time for us to consider you know where where we are being invited to some kind of conversion whether we have this you know fear of change in ourselves so jerry I hope that you have a great Christmas break. Uh, you and I are going to chat next week about some of the biggest stories from this past year out of the Vatican. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to hearing from you after the holidays.
1: Yes, me too, Colleen. And I wish our listeners, I hope they're enjoying our shows or getting some enlightenment from them.
0: If our listeners uh, want to give us a little Christmas gift, uh If you are enjoying the show, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would really help us get the word out about Inside the Vatican. All right, Jerry, Merry Christmas. Thanks so much.
1: Merry Christmas to you and uh, to our listeners.
0: Bye. Inside the Vatican is produced by America Media at our William J. Loshert studio in New York City. This week's episode was produced by Tucker Redding. Our news producer is Kevin Clark. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. Our studio manager is J.R. Kronheim. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org or follow us on Twitter at americamag. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your hosted producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next week.